I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. Happy Thursday morning, Friday Eve. Uh, This is Facebook Live. I want to talk to you a little bit about an experience I had yesterday, as well as preview what we'll be covering on today's episode of Live Mike. That's my radio program. I'm on the air live on KSL News Radio from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock every day. I'd be honored if you'd join me there. Also, uh, if I could bug you for a second, we're, we're on the KSL News Radio Facebook page right now, uh, but I would like you to, if you have a moment later, uh, when you when we're done chatting here, navigate your way over to the Lee Lonsberry live mic page. Uh, on there, I try to post like information that supports the segments of each day's program. In just a moment, I'll be posting uh, a, a document put out by the CDC, which talks about uh, why we should be wearing masks, who uh, the practice is designed to help, and then also very basically, uh, how do you make a mask if you uh, are one who uh, you know has those abilities and that desire to make a mask. Anyway, I want to talk about an experience I had just yesterday uh, going to a grocery store. We heard from the governor the other day on the day of the announcement where he let us know that tomorrow, May 1st, here in the state of Utah, we will be transitioning from a high state of risk, the red zone, uh, stepping one uh, one move down to orange, moderate risk. Now, the risk does remain high for uh, those elderly folks or uh, the people with comorbidities, underlying health conditions, uh, the obese, such like that, who are uh, still at a high risk of, uh, uh, you know, the, the most negative of consequences associated with contracting uh, the coronavirus. Anyway, as he was making that announcement, he told a story about how he recently had gone to the grocery store. Uh, he pointed out that he was there to shop for his wife, which is interesting. Um, he pointed that out and he was there, uh, said he was wearing a mask. But as he made his way up and down the aisles of the grocery store where he was doing his shopping, he noticed that many folks were not wearing masks. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. But I, I, I presumed that after his announcement uh, of this uh, a Mask Forever Utah, a new program which, uh, with the, under the direction of the COVID-19 task force, is aimed at getting a mask into the hands of every Utah, and that every time we find ourselves in a circumstance where we can't practice good social distancing, uh, namely in grocery stores or pharmacies, places like that, where the quarters are close and we have to uh, likely be within, uh, you know, less than six feet from one another. Uh, the the urging and the prompting and the suggestion and the directive is that we wear these masks. Uh, and that is, again, I'll, let me repeat this. There, there's so much information that just gets repeated over and over. Uh, and it is because it's important. It's important that uh, we, uh, you know, stick to the basics. Um, And the basics on on this front uh, are that when we wear these masks, it's not to protect ourselves 
from what we may inhale from others. It's not going to do that. What it does is it prevents any of our little droplets. If we happen to be carriers of this coronavirus, it prevents our little droplets uh, from escaping and getting into someone else's system. So it is really about protect, protecting others. Excuse me. Um, and so you have to ask yourself, who are the folks that choose not to wear the mask? I had an experience myself uh, just yesterday. Sorry, I touched my eye. That's against advice. Um, Yesterday, as I wrap up each day's program, uh, my routine, and I've explained or bragged this a number of times, I'll uh, head out to a, a trail nearby, near my home, and I'll run a few miles, clear my head, listen to some music, such like that. And yesterday, uh, I was chatting with my wife, and we were plotting out the, the afternoon and the evening for ourselves, and we needed some things. We needed some items from the grocery store. And so my job was, after my trip to the running trail, was to head down to the grocery store pick up these various items and then head home. And well, so I did that and I have some masks in the car for just this uh, sort of event. I went to the grocery store, I put my own mask on. And if I'm honest, I'm I'm still self-conscious about this, Uh, but I'm doing it because I know that there is this slight chance that maybe I've got this coronavirus. I'm asymptomatic. I feel pretty good Uh, right now. I don't have any of the symptoms, but we do know that it is possible for individuals who have the coronavirus not to demonstrate any symptoms, asymptomatic. In fact, I was listening to, uh, or I'm sorry, I was reading an Associated Press story the other day where uh, one of the assistant secretaries in the Department of Defense had made the claim that among uh, among active duty military, that it's possible that 60% of uh, our country's active duty military personnel have contracted uh, the coronavirus. Now, that is a cohort made up of uh, relatively young people, uh, relatively healthy people, and those are the folks uh, who are most likely to have an asymptomatic experience with the coronavirus. Uh, they are the folks who are uh, most likely not to succumb to the most negative consequences that could uh, be associated with the coronavirus. Anyway, uh, back to my story. I go into the grocery store, I'm wearing the mask, and I don't want to be specific. I'm not going to tell you where I was or what grocery store because I'm going to share some other details in this story that uh, aren't so great. Um, I walk into the grocery store, and this is now a couple days after the governor has made his plea that we all wear masks here in the state of Utah if we are out and about in areas where social distancing uh, is inconvenient or possible. It also comes the same day we heard from Salt Lake County Mayor uh, Jenny Wilson, who said that it is a very, very strong urging uh, that she makes to you know the, the residents of Utah, Salt Lake County that we wear these masks. Now, in her initial press conference, she said it was a requirement. Later on in the day, we learned that that had been walked back a little bit. You know, the cops aren't going to tap you on your shoulder and say, uh, excuse me, could you uh, put your hands behind your back and come with me? You're not wearing a mask. That's not going to happen, uh, at least according to uh, Jenny Wilson, and certainly uh, not going to happen according to uh, Governor Gary Herbert. So I'm in the grocery store. I'm up and down the aisles. Interestingly, it's one of the, they have it set up now so that you, that customers are only moving in one direction. There are arrows on the ground. There are uh, one-way signs, essentially, uh, in the aisles. That's interesting. First time I had countered that. Uh, and I understand the wisdom there. You don't need to uh, y- y- minimize uh, exposure and interaction between people if you can get them moving in the same direction. If we are crossing one another's paths, 
uh, we may find ourselves walking through a cloud of droplets or whatever. So I'm walking up and down the aisles and I'm noticing two things. That I, uh, as I'm wearing this mask, am very much in the minority. There are not many other people. Now, there are some, certainly. But there are not many other people who are there wearing masks. And that's to include some of the workers there uh, not wearing masks. And I personally wasn't bothered by that. But I know and do believe that there is wisdom in wearing these masks. And I, and I, I just had to ask myself, what kind of people... Uh, or what's the circumstance or the mentality of an individual who goes into a store uh, and doesn't follow uh, the advice and the recommendations of the governor? And remember, all of his recommendations are backed up uh, by the smarts and the analysis of people like Dr. Angela Dunn, the state epidemiologist. And so, again, I, I ask myself, who are the people who are not wearing these masks? What's their circumstance? Uh, what's their mentality? And I, I don't know. You know, I didn't pull any of them aside and say, hey, could you, uh, I'm from the radio. Would you mind answering me a few questions? I, di I didn't do that. And so I'm only left with my ability to speculate. And I wonder uh, two things. As, you know, someone whose job it is to be, you know, dialed into the news uh, and know exactly what is on the forefront of information, uh, being as accurate as possible, uh, being objective as possible as we present information here uh, on the airwaves that we control at KSL News Radio and uh, on platforms like this. Uh, I, I, I am atypical. I think I am more dialed in, much more dialed in, or, or at least, I shouldn't say dialed in, that's a silly phrase to use, but I, it is my job uh, to stay uh, informed. And I hope that I am able, through my position, you know, convey some of that information to you in this setting and later on when I'm on the radio. Not everyone is like that. And I have come to know uh, or come to have conversations with a number of my friends who are feeling some anxiety about this whole coronavirus deal. And one of the ways that they are managing that anxiety is uh, like fully detaching from uh, media and news and social media. And that right now in our setting is the only way that this information is going to be conveyed. And so as I walked through the store yesterday, the grocery store, picking up the various things that I needed, my family needed, and I saw all these individuals uh, without masks, I wondered, and I think it may be the case, that many of them hadn't heard yet the advice. They hadn't, they hadn't yet known that uh, it was the recommendation uh, and the directive from the governor and his task force that we all be wearing these masks. I bet you that's, uh, for the most part, why we haven't seen many masks. I hope that's the case. I, I hope it's not that there are people feeling that this recommendation, and again, it's been emphasized and re-emphasized by the governor, by various mayors, and by health officials on all levels, uh, that it's not going to, you, you're, not, you're not committing a crime by foregoing the wearing of a mask out in public, all right? It's a very important thing to know. We're not that kind of country. Some of you may be feeling, and if I'm honest, I'm feeling it a little bit myself, that a lot of these uh, regulations and orders uh, are, they're feeling a little oppressive. 
And that feeling of oppression is only getting ramped up as time goes on and my anxiety builds and the uh, level of uncertainty rises. And the more days that tick by and the more X's I put in the calendar that we uh, have been under these new circumstances without knowing exactly when we're going to be able to return to normalcy, I get that it's easy to try to uh, you know, point the finger of blame uh, or let our anger come out in accusations of tyranny and such like that. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to resist those feelings because I think for the most part, they're inappropriate, especially here in the state of Utah. Now, if we're back in New York and maybe portions of California, uh, and there are other areas around the country where it's like, whoa, 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 you're what now? The National Guard is going to be taking medical supplies from this region, relocated to that region. I don't think so. That doesn't feel right to me. That's something that happened in New York. You see, uh, real quick tangent, in New York State, there are really two areas. There's New York City. That's what you hear about. That's where all the news is being made. And then there's this vast open rural part of land, which is upstate New York and western New York. And down in New York City, when ventilators were uh, the hot topic, Governor Cuomo realized that, oh, shoot, we here in the city uh, we may be short on ventilators. And so he ordered the National Guard to round up and collect ventilators from uh, the upstate regions and relocate them down to uh, New York City. Anyway, I won't go into that uh, so much, but that feels funny. Uh, I can't imagine, uh, you know, the National Guard going into healthcare centers uh, in one region of Utah and collecting up the equipment that is designed and saved and put in place by uh, people of one region, taking it away from them and giving it to uh, an area which has uh, underprepared itself, such like that. Anyway, that's a total tangent. I apologize for that. Uh, let's get back uh, to, to what I'm talking about. And it is uh, how some folks, I feel, may be foregoing the usage of these masks uh, as like an act of protest or defiance. I totally get that. I am a troublemaker myself. I have been forever. Uh, in fact, that's why they give people like me radio shows because <laughs> we're obnoxious uh, and we can stir up uh, stuff and we can try to keep things exciting and we challenge the authorities and we challenge the assertions made by those in power. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the point of what I do. <laughs> All right. Try to keep both honest. Uh, but in this instance, I'm going along with the recommendations. Why? Because there is a chance that by following the recommendations, I am saving a life. There is a chance that by you putting a mask on as you go to the grocery store, that you are saving a life. It's an inconvenience. It's uncomfortable. It's, you know, if you're one of the uh, people that wear glasses, you know that it fogs it up and it's hard and you, you smell your own breath and that's not too pleasant. But there is a chance that by doing so, uh, you are keeping someone healthy. Maybe someone in your friend's circle. Maybe uh, someone in your own family. So my plea is that you follow the advice and the guidance and the directive and the request uh, of folks like Governor Herbert as he asks you to wear a mask when you go out in public and you're in a circumstance where social distancing is impossible or convenient. All right. Can you do that? And maybe it's fun. Maybe you get together with the family and you have some kind of contest about who can come up with the coolest mask. Uh, maybe as you root around in the drawers where your old T-shirts are, you, uh, you stir up some memories of, oh, remember when we got this race T-shirt or we got this T-shirt from that giveaway? Who, who knows? Whatever. 
Uh, but try to make the most of it. Uh, try to find, you know, the silver lining, as I talked about the other day, uh, because there is a chance. It may be a slim and narrow chance, but there is a chance that by doing this, by wearing masks, by looking a little bit silly and feeling a little uncomfortable, that you will, in fact, be uh, uh, helping to slow the spread of this deal, this coronavirus. And you know what? You do it long enough uh, and we'll emerge on the other side. This is a hard burden because we don't yet know uh, when we will arrive at the light at the end of this tunnel. We don't quite know uh, when we're going to get through this. And that makes it all the more challenging. But there are a few little things within our control, and this is one of them. Uh, So please, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, reevaluate. If you're one of those who is resistant to the mask wearing, uh, just really think about why you're making that choice. And, and listen, I, I, if, you, if you decide not to, fine, whatever. All right. Uh, continue to exercise the social distancing, whatever. But if you are one of those uh, who's heading out to the grocery store or the pharmacy or wherever, uh, it's difficult to maintain social distances. Uh, just ask yourself and evaluate why you've chosen not to wear a mask and uh, see if it's worth it to you. Uh, is it worth it? to you to roll the dice and uh, possibly expose someone with one of these comorbidities, an elderly person, an obese person, uh, someone who may uh, lose their life if they contract this virus. Uh, Ask yourself if that's okay with you, if you're okay with contributing to that by foregoing the wearing of a mask. It's not not worth it to me. And so I'm going to do my part. I'm going to wear my mask when I go out in public. Uh, when I go out into the grocery store and the pharmacy and such like that. Uh, so please do the same. Uh, please do the same. And, you know, at some point, we'll have some fun with it. There'll be uh, like little mask fashion shows. Uh, who knows? We'll, uh, we'll figure out a way to make it enjoyable. Uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the other things we'll be covering on today's program. I'm going to talk to uh, the audience a little bit about uh, hindsight. We don't have full 2020 vision right now in terms of hindsight, uh, but there will come a day where we do have hindsight. There will be a day, maybe a year down the road, where we will have this coronavirus under control. A vaccine uh, will be widely available. We will have maybe developed sufficient herd immunity where we don't need to take all the precautions we're taking today. And we will be able to look back at our actions of today. We will be able to look back at the closure of restaurants and businesses and sporting events and concerts and (laughs) the closing of religious worship homes. Uh, The places of worship have been closed now for some time. We're going to be able to look back and see if those decisions were the right ones to, to make. And it's okay to think along those lines. It's okay to, uh, to, to question whether or not what we're doing now is actually you know, for the good uh, of, uh, you know, all public health and all that. And if it's actually contributing to the defeat of the coronavirus. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, because I think it's worth it. I think it's valuable. And I think uh, thinking critically and analytically uh, and cost benefit and all that, those are wise ways to think. And they are appropriate to apply to the circumstance in which we find ourselves now. We don't have, like I said a moment ago, a full and total understanding of all of this. Uh, We do not yet have the benefit of hindsight, but we will at some point. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating analysis that I think uh, will, will, at least in the academic community, uh, make up, uh, make entire careers. There will be people who analyze the events that you and I have experienced together over the past little while 
uh, for decades to come. I mean, this is going to be, this will replace uh, essentially the Spanish flu in our history books. Today, we are in the midst of history and it will be analyzed by epidemiologists and sociologists and historians and everyone uh, uh, in, the, in the world of academia because this coronavirus has touched everything. And I cannot wait for those analyses. I cannot wait uh, to see uh, what letter grade we receive when it comes to our behavior today uh, and its effect on the eventual outcome. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, to uh, a few members of Congress. We'll be speaking to Rob Bishop today, as well as uh, John Curtis. Uh, Rob Bishop, as you know, represents Utah's first congressional district. That includes Hill Air Force Base. There was a time uh, about a year ago when uh, President Trump was looking to build a wall on our southern border. And to do so, he needed some money. And he went looking for that money at the Department of, the De of Defense. At the time, there were a number of projects slated to be built uh, which the president said, eh, you know what, let's push pause. I need that money for the wall. And so there were a number of uh, military construction projects which were canceled. Uh, one of those uh, was to be uh, constructed right here in the state of Utah on Hill Air Force Base. A multi-million dollar project would have uh, required you know, numerous jobs and uh, labor and workforce and all that. And to build the wall, to fund the wall at least, uh, that project was uh, canceled. Well, uh, Congressman Bishop and members of his staff uh, have been loud enough for long enough to get the funding reinstated. And in fact, uh, this year, uh, this massive, massive construction project uh, will be back on the books for Hill Air Force Base. It will enhance uh, Utah's position of strategic importance uh, and enhance Utah's role and Hell Air Force Base's role uh, in our national defense. It's a it's a wonderfully important thing. Uh, I, as you know, before I came back here to KSL, I I worked uh, in Washington D.C. for Congressman Bishop. In fact, I witnessed this very issue as it transpired. I, I was there uh, the day it was announced by President Trump that the funding would be taken from this project. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it feels great. Uh, to learn now that the funding has been reinstated and this project will be uh, put back in place. It's an incredibly important project. And on today's program, Congressman Bishop will join me to explain exactly why the project is important and how it came to be that of all of the, the dozens and dozens of projects which were canceled, how this one made its way onto the short list of those uh, which were reinstated and refunded and placed back on the calendar for completion. Uh, so that'll be a story we tell. Uh, also, uh, Hill Air Force Base, uh, as you know, is home to the uh, the beautiful F-35. Uh, four of those jets will be uh, doing a flying tour over the state of Utah today. And if you make your way over to my Facebook page in just a moment, I'm going to have the, the maps and the times. Uh, at just about 1.10 uh, today, in a few hours from right now, at 1.10 is when I expect uh, the jets to fly over uh, my home in Salt Lake City. So I'm looking forward to just out this window here. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, peek out and see those F-35s fly over. Now, why are they flying over? Uh, it's a nod to it's a nod to the the frontline workers, the folks who are in the medical profession, uh, the first responders, all of those whose lives right now are dedicated to taking care uh, of us and taking care of the folks who have contracted this virus. Uh, and all the folks that whose 
uh, efforts are walking us one step closer uh, to this deal being behind us, the coronavirus that is. So that'll be a fascinating thing, a beautiful thing. If you go to uh, my Facebook page right now, Lee Lonsberry, the live mic page, you're gonna see a video. I've got a friend uh, in New York City who lives in a pretty nice like high rise that overlooks the entire city. And just yesterday, the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels flew in formation uh, over New York City uh, to uh, to honor those same uh, first responders, the folks that are on the front lines of this coronavirus battle. And it's a beautiful scene. Uh, check it out on my Facebook page. What uh, what happened just yesterday? You will see uh, beautiful. Uh, uh, vista as you look over the cityscape and then these jets flying over it's a really cool thing and we will get to see our very own jets here in Utah F-35s four of them flying over the state uh, wherever you are for the most part at some point today you'll be able to look up and hear and see uh, uh, some of the air power that defends here uh, defends us here in the United States headquartered at Hell Air Force Base uh, and flying over to again thank thank the folks who are on the front lines of this fight. Uh, so that'll do it for me. Also going to talk to, uh, let me point out one last thing before I go. Uh, we're also going to be speaking to a professor at BYU whose focus is on North Korea. There is all of this talk uh, and speculation as to the health of Kim Jong-un, that dictator out there. Uh, and so we're going to speak with the professor of BYU, uh, Kirk Larson. He's going to call into the program and explain to us exactly what it means in terms of geopolitics and the transition of power and stabilization of the region and all of those smart guy topics uh, on today's program with regards to Kim Jong-un and his health and the future of North Korea. So that'll be on today's program as well. Just after 2.20 or so, we'll have that conversation and uh, much more. Also, the press conference at 1.30, uh, as we hear each day from uh, Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist. She's going to give us an update on the on the numbers here in the state of Utah, how many Utahns have contracted the virus, how many Utahns have required hospitalization, and the heartbreaking figure that I hope and pray each day and keep my fingers crossed that it does not increase the number of Utahns who have lost their lives as a result of the coronavirus. So that's coming up on today's program. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me throughout this Facebook Live. Going to try to do these every day at about 10 o'clock uh, to give you a preview of what we'll cover on the program and also just a chance for you and I uh, to hang out. The comments, I'm so grateful uh, to you for the, the, the comments you've left today, some wonderful ones. Uh, in fact, you know what? I'm going to admit something. I didn't realize that uh, uh, I could scroll. I have so overlooked so many uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, comments. L let me share some of those before I go. Uh, I know I said I was going to go a minute ago, and I have to be off uh, the next four minutes. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Jolene says, I'm not. The, the question is, uh, who is not wearing the mask? That's what we talked about. Uh, early on. Jolene, Jolene here says, I'm not. I suffer from allergies, so to cover my face makes it even harder to breathe. I'm not going to like offer any opinions on these comments. I'm just going to read a few of them and, and let you take them at face value. And you can see them on the comments section, but I'm seeing here just for the first time. Um, it's people who don't realize that masks are protect. Okay. Yeah, this is a good point. Molly points out that those who are not wearing masks are those who don't realize that the masks are protect are to protect other people, not just themselves. I, that isn't it. That's, that's the crux of it all. If you, you, we wear the mask to protect others, not ourselves. 
We've heard this from Fauci and Burks, even at the World Health Organization. And here on the state level, um, the masks do not protect us. You got that? Not much is blocked uh, by, by wearing the mask. But what it does is it helps contain any of these droplets that may get out of our own mouths if we happen to be uh, carriers of this coronavirus, uh, those in our you know proximity uh, are not going to be you know receiving our little droplets uh, on their face. You know, so uh, if we are carriers, the mask prevents uh, prevents us from spreading it to others. Um, so here we go. Here's a question about availability. Why is the unavailability of masks not being talked about more? Ben uh, asked that question. It's a great question, and I think that. Uh, that it is being addressed here in the state of Utah. There's this new effort, a mask for every Utah. Uh, there, uh, with CARES Act money, along with a, a donation of half a million masks uh, by Cotopaxi, that uh, clothing store here in Utah. That's two million that are being made available. If you uh, if you don't have the ability to either purchase a mask. Uh, create a mask or have one given to you by someone else with the available resources, you can go to coronavirus.utah.gov, click your way over to a little order form, and for zero uh, dollars, uh, you can put your name and address in there, and they will send you uh, up to six masks to take care of you and your household. So, Ben, uh, that that's a resource for you. You can make them. I'm about to post on my Facebook page the CDC's little uh, template and instructions on how to make a mask for yourself. Um, da, 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 da. So that's that. Let me see. Uh, some have told me they're claustrophobic. Uh, Linda makes that uh, observation. I, I get you. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, in fact, when I put the mask on, I, you know, it, I, I do understand that. Uh, but these are some of the discomforts that we have to get over, I think, if we are truly to uh, uh, help in the spread of this disease. Um, fascinating. So there are a lot of comments uh, here. I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get to all of these. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, tomorrow we'll scroll through these and have a longer conversation with each other. Uh, again, grateful to you for hanging out with me through the morning. Uh, I'm going to sign off now. I got to make way for some other folks who are going to be using this Facebook page. Uh, and I would invite you to check out my Facebook page, Lee Lonsberry, uh, Live Mike, uh, there's great information there. I try to keep it updated with all the uh, the info and resources that I draw from each day when I uh, put together my radio program. Uh, also, my last invitation to you is tune into KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM at uh, 1 o'clock today uh, from 1 to 3. You and I will be chatting together. Uh, and, of course, via the KSL News Radio app or kslnewsradio.com. That's it for me. Uh, I'll see you on the radio at 1. I'll see you tomorrow here on Facebook Live at 10 a.m.